Nebraska Youth Camp was another hit for us this year. And if you're looking for Crystal, she's taking another group back this morning for another week of camp. She'll be back tonight, though. Don't worry. I won't go hungry. All of our kids did a wonderful job. Absolutely wonderful. And it was a good time had by all. Not only did Crystal and I have a good class that we were teaching together, but I also was the speaker for the campfire in the evenings. The main theme for the camp dealt with the idea of being champions out of 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. And the underlining theme uh, that went along with helping us become champions was the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit was heavily emphasized. The main scripture, 1 John 4, 4 reads, Little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he that is in you is greater than he that is in the world. We know in God's word that the Godhead, including the Holy Spirit, created the heavens and the earth. We know that. We believe that. We understand that. So to create an understanding concerning the Holy Spirit, I shared a man-made story about how the moon spirit was made and the sun spirit was made from an Indian tradition. I don't know the tribe. They liked the story. It was a confusing story for them because most of them did not know that story. And I said, these great spirits, the moon and the sun, according to this tradition, was brought to us and created by the will of man. And they continue, if you understand the story, to show the weakness of man. The moon spirit's always running away from the sun spirit. And the sun is always driving the moon to run away from him. But we know this truth to be quite the opposite from the real truth, God's truth. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In verse 2, it points out, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. In our world, there are a lot of man-made stories. We talked about a few of them this morning as far as in our class about certain people's lifestyles and what they choose to believe and, and why that goes against with scriptural understanding. But the reality is the true story came from God himself. In fact, in his scripture, he's teaching us about his story that he wants us to know. And I mean, isn't it nice to know that those who were there from the beginning are the ones giving us the true story to begin with? God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. In your life, Paul talks about, and for Christians, that we need to run a race. And he uses the analogy of athletes, quite often actually. And he uses these analogies to help us understand what our spiritual race is all about. How can we become champions? Well, 
We know we can't earn salvation, so that's really not part of the talk this morning. Jesus brings us salvation. It's through his blood that we earn, get salvation, not earn it, but we are allowed to have it. But when Paul was hammered with rods, when he was whipped with whips, did he quit? No. And an athlete that's truly an athlete will not quit. When Paul was shipwrecked many times, did he take his eyes off the prize? No, he didn't. He kept going on. And when Paul was left for dead, did he leave the race? Not at all. He kept pursuing the goal. He kept pursuing his, his status as an athlete for Christ because he knew nobody could run it for him. As an individual, we all run our own race. We have to be the athlete. We have to be the one who's willing to look towards the prize. Now, our race is not a race towards the physical. We talked about that quite a bit with the kids. It's not a race towards the physical. That athlete, that runner, that weightlifter, that golfer, whatever you might do, you know they have to exercise, they have to stretch, they have to prepare, they have to do it on a daily basis. We talked about some of those athletes, how they worked out four or five hours a day stretching, eating right, doing everything they need to do. But our workouts don't deal with physical weights. Now, is it wrong to be an athlete physically? No, not at all. But if that's the only competition in life that I do, what's it gonna get me? It'll get me a wreath that will perish. Now, if I'm a Christian and an athlete, and I put God first and still be a Christian for my life experience, job, whatever, is that okay? Absolutely it is, but I'm putting God first. That's the training I really need to be involved with. So if we focus on only worldly things, or if we make worldly things paramount, will we benefit from the spiritual? What do we need to do? We need to train. We need to constantly be training. There was a story, one of the little boys said to me, he said, really good analogy, he said, last, this year I ran the 800. I said, great. And I made this time, I said, that's awesome. But I was one second slower than the year before. <laughs> okay, maybe not as awesome as, I'm getting your point now. And I said, that's the idea of training all year long. These great athletes that are specialized in their sports don't wait until the next season starts to start their training. They're always doing it. And of course, Crystal texted Landon. He's a kicker for Texas Tech. What do you do? What do you do? What do you do? <clears throat> well, in the off season, I'm doing exactly what my coaches tell me to do. <laughs> I'm lifting weights, I'm running, I'm doing these exercises. 
They put me on a diet to gain weight. I get on a diet to gain weight. They put me on a diet to lose weight. I get on a diet to lose weight. I'm const it's constantly about repetition, constantly about this, const and it's all year long. There's no give up. There's no stopping. It's all year long. And another boy came uh, said in class, he said, I ride my bike hours for a day. I, I'm always out there exercising, exercising. And so I brought up, I like that analogy. And I said, but is that training? You're doing it for fun. You're doing it because it, you enjoy it. But are you trying to get faster? Are you trying to get stronger? Are you uh, pushing yourselves? Uh, maybe weights on your back to push up the hill and down the hill and up the hill. That's training. One, yeah, you can get some exercise from that, but are you building yourself up to be better than you were yesterday? He was a smart little boy, and I could tell I afflicted him with logic. Think about our Sundays as Christians. Is it good enough training that hour of Sunday all by itself? Is it the fun time or how much exercise do we really get on that one Sunday? A week. And we know that our race gets especially difficult. I can point out names, but I don't want to put somebody on a spot. We've all been there, right? The race gets tough. So how do you deal with the tough race? How do you deal with, <clears throat> what do they call it, when a, uh, a runner has the pain in the side and they got to push through it, that wall, that block? Well, you don't stop and suddenly do, <sighs> and your breathing techniques, not if you're in a race. You run through it. You push through it. It might take a half a uh, 30 seconds or a minute and it's painful but once that pain is pushed through whew, that end line looks a lot better doesn't it I can go on a couple more miles I can do it Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 9 24 through 25 and thanks Troy for reading that scripture this morning do you not know <clears throat> that in a race all the runners run but only one receives the prize. So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things, eating, diet, workouts, when to sleep. You know, Landon sometimes told when to go to sleep. If the team's all together, the coaches say, you're in bed by nine, you're asleep by 10. Boom. He's 22 years old. How dare somebody tell him how to, when to sleep? Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. That great athlete, even in football, it'll go away. But if we're about our spiritual exercise, we're in it for that difficult time that is coming, you might think, I can't exercise enough for that. 
But I guarantee if you didn't exercise, you'll have a hard, lot harder time than you would if you thought of this life as a striving for championship, this spiritual life as a way to improve ourselves, not to brag about ourselves, but in that difficult walk we have in the world controlled by Satan. A lot of hurdles, aren't there? If I'm not looking up for that next hurdle, boom, I'm over the hurdle and splat. We gotta have our eyes up. We gotta be ready. We gotta run. We gotta work through the pain. Now, when the Apostle John talks about spirits in 1 John 4, 4, as I'm coming to a close here, he talks about, you need to check out to see whether these spirits, that is, teachings, are coming from God, coming from the Holy Spirit or not. He is talking about comparing people's beliefs with the apostles' teachings. Well, how do you compare them? Well, is study part of our training? Absolutely. To know if somebody's teaching wrong, you got to know what the right is. Because the apostles received their message from whom? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. So if the teachings people are sharing don't compare to the apostles, it's a bad diet. It, it'll, it's a diet of sugar. And we all know what happens to people who eat a lot of sugar, especially if they're well-attuned athletes. They're not going to perform at their peak. If they don't compare to the apostles, then you know those teachings, those spirits are not true. They're an error. Sometimes our world presents some strange teachings, doesn't it? And I apologize if I'm still talking to you as if I'm talking to young people. I'm just in that habit right now. Sometimes our world presents some strange teachings. Some say God does not exist and everything in it came from chance, came from evolution. And I looked at all the kids and I say, is there anyone here who has not had that teaching in school? All of them have had it. They are now all in it in teaching that. Will that lead us to the truth? It will not lead us to the truth. It's an error. Don't use it for your diet. Some say God's word was man-made. So it is not necessary to listen to. Well, that's the following next teaching that's coming. If it's not already here. After you get them into evolution, the next is, where did the Bible come from? It was man-made. It's a myth. Oh, but that's not true. There's a hurdle for us. We got to jump it. Some say that Jesus was not really God. That's what the Apostle John is dealing with, even amongst so-called Christians at the time. The Apostle John was arguing against what we know as docetism or Gnosticism. Jesus seemed to be God. The teaching or the Spirit was very different from the teachings of the Apostles, and their teaching came from the Holy Spirit, period. They said that God did not become man, 
There is much more to this false teaching, as many of you know, but because they taught that Jesus was not God, John termed them as antichrists, which means they were against the teachings that came from the Holy Spirit. So I'll close with this reading as I break it down. 1 John 4, 1 through 6. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone into the world. And that's one way we understand that this is about teachings because false prophets are brought into it. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses Jesus has come in the flesh is from God. Remember what he's dealing with. People who would say that Jesus didn't come from the flesh. So he's dealing with a specific issue. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and now is in the world already, little children. And I like how the Apostle John calls us little children. That's a term of endearment, isn't it? He loves us so much. Adults and kids. You are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. And how significant is the reality of the Holy Spirit being in us as followers of God? They are from the world, therefore they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. Oh, didn't Lee give a great opening introduction in Proverbs? The world listens to them. We, and this is where the apostles come in, we are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us, listens to the apostles. Why? Because the Holy Spirit gave them what we have. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth in the spirit of error. So as we conclude, from the beginning, the Holy Spirit was there. In your life, your race, we need to build our spiritual strength. And that is through the training given to us by the Holy Spirit. So let the Holy Spirit lead the way and become the champions who are serious about their life in Christ. If there's anybody who has needs this morning, any prayer requests, please come forward now as together we stand and sing.